Mr. Hitler, Mr. Hitler, what's your opinion of Bernie Eccleston? Well, I think he has some very good ideas. What? That's a bit controversial, isn't it? Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Richard. Hello. And the voice of Zog. Strangely absent. Inaudible. What is it? We've got like a shift system going on now on this show. I'm sorry I wasn't there for the last one, but I thought Violet did an admirable job of being... She was good at being, being you. I know, a bit annoyingly a bit good, actually. <laughs> I have a job, but... Anyway. I doubt it very much. However, she has written a whole episode of Sniff Petrol, and really... I wish just... someone would, because I have <laughs> It's been busy. It's been unusual because it's all about video games. And quite frankly, I don't <laughs> think it's going to get published. Zog strangely absent, but he does make a virtual appearance via the gift of the iPhone a little bit later in this show. But more on that in a minute. It's a bit of a special show. We've got a report from an event that Richard and I were at recently coming up. But we thought we should talk about a couple of major things that were happening in the world of cars this week. First, uh, where should we start? Should we start with Ari, or should we start with Max, or should we? start with Jean or all three of them well all three of them so yes Mosley's stepping down hey sorry did I say anything out loud <laughs> did you, then did you just did you tread on a nail there for a moment an entirely coincidental celebration that that um, I was about to say something really libelous then but I can't uh, yeah so he's off and then it was going to be Harry Vatanen was up for it and now Jean Dude's up for it and somebody will I started to sound like the apprentice now. <laughs> one of these candidates will become the FIA president um, I feel who would a you sketch like coming it? on it does feel like a sketch who would you like it to be though is my question to you I think Jean Top would be a mistake from our point of view, on Speed's point of view, I think Jean Top being the president opens up a seam of comedy for us because he's going to do stuff like introducing rules that say that, you know, the aerodynamic rules will remain the same, curves will remain, but all cars will have to be painted red and have a Ferrari badge on them. How much of a link does he still have with Ferrari? Because I'm just wondering that will he, in the event of something, some incidents during a race, will uh, Jean Tote start lobbying himself to let them off? <laughs> which will then happen. It'll be almost no different to the way it is at the moment. Do, do you know that he owns part of an island in, in Malaysia, Jean Tote? And Malaysia, does he? Yeah, he's been acting as a... Uh, an ambassador for Malaysia recently. Right. And they paid him by giving him a small island. <laughs> and they did. Really? Yeah, the Isle of Tot. You know you've been doing some work for a Derbyshire local authority there. Maybe they yes. could give you like a traffic island or something. <laughs> and you could just sit on it and shout at Matrix. Now that's what tramps do. I, don't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I do the same as well. Yeah. I shout at cars. <laughs> Yeah, Ari Vatanen's an interesting one as well. We quite like Ari Vatanen, don't we? He's a he's a ruddy legend, really, oh, yeah. in, in driving terms. And he's also, I mean, from a selfish point of view, quite a, a few comic elements to him, mostly the way he speaks, which is often incomprehensible. I mean, not flav-level incomprehensible, that would be silly, but he is quite often incomprehensible nonetheless, and that's that's always good. I would like to see him get it because he seems like a good bloke and you feel like you might want to go for a pint with him and get him to tell you about rallying. Jean Toad, I don't like him very much. He just looks like... his finger. Have you seen his fingernails? He bites his fingernails. Jean Toad does? Yeah, yeah, he's got... If you look at any pictures of Jean Toad, he's got... Elastoplast. Can we say elastoplast? Other bandages are available. Mm. Over all his fingers. I mean, I don't know if that's driven by his years at Ferrari of all the worry and concern, but he's really bites. Really? His, oh, yeah. He that's really bites his fingers. I mean, he's a grown man. Come on yeah. now. Come on. 
But I think um, I'm the only person I know who bites their nails not because I get nervous. I just when they get long, I could never be bothered to find the fingernail scissors. It's a disgusting habit for which I apologise right now and to everyone who's ever seen me do it. But yeah, I only look. Look, I don't bite my nails because I, I just they're look, very nice. Yeah, I just trim them. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is extraneous information. <laughs> so uh, Jean Todd bites, bites his nails. That's interesting. Yeah, a psychologist, yeah. right? Uh, yes, I wonder what that would say. I, I think it would be a mistake. I don't think he would favour Ferrari in any way if he were president. I think he, 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 he's a grown-up. I think that would be a big mistake. Is he? I mean, he is only about four <laughs> foot tall, let's be honest. <laughs> but that overriding sense from everyone else who's not running a team based in Maranello that are red mm. is that he might somehow secretly be doing that and so there's that sense of distrust right from the word go even if they can trust him they wouldn't want to so I think right, that would create yeah. a friction and with you on Ari Vatanen I think Ari Vatanen would be fantastic I'm concerned that any rules that he make up would, would be incomprehensible <laughs> well all the cars would turn up at the start of the season they've all got a dead seagull nailed to the engine cover <laughs> But he sounds like... Sorry, we thought that's what he said. He sounds like he's had that, that classic Finnish affectation of there being an attack of too many consonants in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> it's sort of... Uh, <laughs> ticking over. You know, it's a problem. But, but um, that's good. Yeah, I think... I, I also think that the drivers would like him, or the, the teams would like him, because he's a racer. Yes. Or, or a rallyist. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. A rally. Well, it is now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose... Uh, that uh, this is only going to run and run for a bit and by the time we do the next show who knows we'll have put their hat into the ring as well I'm thinking of running are you yeah I, well you've got to put together a council do you of... have a vice president that's you is it oh yeah. great what's oh. your vice uh, <laughs> <laughs> heroin but... that's a good one that'll yeah. do it's got to be better than Max's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello, this is the headquarters of the FAA, is it? Yes, it is. Uh, my name's Gareth Jones. Um, I was thinking of applying uh, as a candidate for a presidency of the FAA, and I was just wondering if if there's a form I could have to fill in to go through the procedure? Uh, yes, there is. It's uh, surprisingly simple. I will get a form for you. If, uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, there is a fax coming through from Harry Vattenham. Oh, no way. It actually is Ari Vatanen. Step Petrol! We Gareth Jones on speed! Uh, what were we going to talk about? Oh, I know what we were going to do. Just a quick canter through other stuff. I was going to talk about the uh, new Jaguar XJ, which was announced last week, and I've been to see that car a couple of times now. If you've seen the pictures of it, all I'll say is that I think it is a real grower and a very clever bit of design. But there's a lot of things to talk about with that, so maybe we'll have a little trot through that in the next programme when Zog's here, because yeah. he always has very clever views yeah. on these things. Yeah, it would be a shame to hurry it through now, because we've got a lot already to come in this show. Not least of all, an interview with a, probably the fastest man on wheels, I think, near enough, we could say well, that. Well, he I'm was not... during the 80s, certainly. Yeah, and I think he will be again, but I don't want to give too much away about that. Any other business? So I think uh, Sebastian Bourdais gone? Yeah. Other news from our unsurprising desk. <laughs> uh, actually, I'll tell you something that I think is news from our unsurprising desk is that Mark Webber's won a race, which, you know, it's been a long time coming, but fair play to the bloke. He deserves it. It's a shame Zog's not here because Zoggy's a massive Mark Webber fan. Mm. And anyone who could get a sixth place in a Minardi, as he did all those years ago, has got to be a good peddler. Uh, yeah, he's one of those people who sort of forget 
that he's quite good because mm. he sort of sometimes has the whiff of mid-ranking about him and then suddenly he pulls something really good out. And also, you know, everyone in the first part of this season was focusing on Vettel, Vettel. or Vettel or however you meant to say yeah. it. For Vettel. And, you know, poor old Weber just seemed to be the second fiddle, the Rubens, if you will. My belief... No, actually, Gareth, no, I'm sorry, I've just realised, look, you know, you're not pulling together as a team. I think you're deliberately hobbling me so that I'm the second in this. You're favouring the other participants in this podcast to, to try and win the podcast thing. Uh, sorry, I just brief... came over all Rubens then. Oh, Rubens oh, broke his heart, didn't he? Bless him, I'd love Rubens, but I don't know. I hope he sort of regrets that. But at the same time, I think it was great because it's mm. so rare that you see a Formula One driver saying what they really think. Yeah. You know, even though Lewis Hamilton is a changed man this season, I think, and he's very cheery and very realistic about his prospects, he's never actually openly come out and said, the car is a complete pile of old rubbish. Because he's a professional, he's been well-groomed, well-trained through many years, and he would never have that kind of outburst. He's much more controlled. And Rubens, with his Brazilian temperament, suddenly goes a bit nuts in a post-race interview. I've it was never a, it was heard a joy him do that before. No, yeah. He yeah. seems to be a pretty even-tempered sort of man, but, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that's how strongly he felt about and it. Very well thought of in the paddock. Everyone mm. who ever mentions Rubens Barrichello says, well, he's a very honest, probably the nicest guy in the paddock in, in terms of drivers. And... To hear him come out with that statement where he said he didn't want to listen to the blah, blah, blah and the, the team lost the race. Great entertainment. That's how F1 used to be, wasn't it? Yeah, Before yeah. they could say, well, you know, we got great package, the tyres worked well, the engine was great and the team did a great yeah. job. Which is what <laughs> everyone sure. else says. But I've got this theory, uh, coming up to Mark Webber, I know we mm -hmm. left away for a minute. I think all the drivers, PK included, in the F1 grid are of a standard. They are all exceptional drivers. They wouldn't well, even yeah, be... now Bordet's gone, we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. But I think he was good, actually, I do. But I, I think given the right equipment, that's when you notice the great difference. And now that the Red Bulls and previously the Toro Rosso's had great cars, mm. you, know, you, you can see that little subtle difference that makes the difference between being a winner or you know, coming 12th. And it's, yeah. it, there's not that much in the grid. No, there's not. What about Adrian Sutil? Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable! He was running. Was he running second at one point in the race? I, uh, I think he was. Yeah, I think he might have been. He was definitely podium material. If well, I suppose uh, not really, but but at least he was there. He got to to taste the cool, clear air of the front of the pack for once, which must be a novelty for him. And also, I suppose a brief mention for Hamilton sticking it high up the grid. And actually, Bonnie, yeah. let's not forget as well, Kaki Hoverloven, who didn't have those yeah. aero changes. Hey, hey, Coco Hoverloven. No, Hoverloven. That's it, yeah. Uh, he didn't have the aero changes that, that Hamilton had. That, that Basically, they'd, they'd broken up a Reliant scimitar and then just glued bits of it to the front <laughs> with, with gaffer tape, wasn't it? It was bits of glass fibre stapled on. I thought I saw the word ogle. Well, that's right, yeah. that's right. And they both did really well in qualifying and then had another nightmare race. They but, reckon they might get a win in Hungary, you know. That's what they're saying, McLaren. They reckon really? they could go for a win. Yeah, we'll see. Ambitious, the way things are at the moment. Before we go on with the rest of this podcast, yeah. um, I've got some freshly cooked pig wings in the fridge <laughs> if you'd like one, if you're a bit hungry. <laughs> I also got uh, some cheese to go with it. It's moon cheese. Gareth Jones on Speed Special Report. It being the summer and there being lots of motorsport events to go to, Richard and I went to an event I've never been to before. I've been to the Goodwood Revival, which is basically a fancy dress period piece <laughs> yeah. for cars and people. Yes. Uh, but I'd never been to the Festival of Speed before. Have you been before? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I've been once before. And it's wonderful, isn't it's it? It's fantastic, yeah. It's almost hard to 
explain but if you have any amount of, of petrol in your blood then you should see a doctor but also <laughs> so i hate to, i was going to embark on, a, on an analogy or a metaphor and realize it's rubbish but if you do care about cars uh, it is the most wonderful weekend you can possibly spend and also the one that we went to which you're about to hear little excerpts from beautiful weather as well and that just makes it so it's, it's that proper sort of glorious english countryside and you go to this fantastic old stately home and then you see these cars being Rags up Lord March's driveway, Bless and him. and then you can have a little wander around and have a look at them in the paddock. And there's just, I mean, name a supercar, and there's probably two of them there. You know, there were yeah, Veyron, well, exactly. Koenigseggs, yeah. KTM Crossbows, everything rough was there. Porsches. Rough Porsches, which is you know you don't yeah. see those every day. Oh, every other day, maybe An orange McLaren SLR. Oh, and all the McLaren SLRs in a row. The seven twenty two, the yes. first model, the Sterling Moss, the Sterling Moss being driven by. Um, who was it? Sterling someone, I forget his name. Uh, no, it's gone. Yeah, right. My only grudge with Goodwood is that I wish every motoring periodical wouldn't have the same headline. Whenever they review or report Goodwood, they always have the same headline, Glorious Goodwood. Yes, I know. It's, uh, yeah. There are other words you can use. Gorgeous Goodwood, mm. Grand Goodwood, <laughs> you know, Great Goodwood, but it's always that one. Anyway, um, um, here it is, the report that we recorded for you at Glorious Goodwood. And this part actually starts on a very special day for me in the supercar paddock. Can you have a supercar paddock? We are about to pull these supercars out from the top exit in order to line up to go out onto the hill. But all drivers ensure that both themselves and their passengers are correctly attired with long sleeves and long trousers and the open top cars must have passenger and driver wearing full face helmet many thanks Sunday, July the 5th it's my 48th birthday and I'm in the supercar paddock at Goodwood Festival of Speed standing next to a Lotus Evora and the man who's going to drive me up the hill Tony Shute Tony Hi Have you been up this hill before? Well I've never driven up it but uh, I do quite a lot of hill climbing so I'm quite looking forward to this circuit it looks very challenging it's quite technical and quite quick the quickest time I think ever recorded at the cell is something like 42 seconds 42 seconds yeah we won't be breaking that today any estimations of what our time will be I really don't know I guess it's going to be one minute something yeah we'll see and you've been involved in the development of the Evora haven't you yeah I've been programme manager so I've uh, had overall responsibility for this car right the way from concept uh, right through to production which is what we're involved in right now it's quite a busy time at Lotus as we start to build up the number of cars we do per week and how many are you aiming for in, in the next month or two? We'll be getting about 70 to 100 cars out over the next four weeks, so it's a very, very busy time for us. That's pretty intense. And you're going to shift a few of these, them being two plus twos, but they're still pure Lotus, aren't they? It's a handling car. Well, hopefully you're about to see that as we go up the hill. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> it's a good test of it, really, isn't it? If we compromise the ride and handling, it wouldn't be a Lotus, so no, that's, that's what it's all about. Do we need to get rolling? I noticed that the Tesla that was parked next to us is gone. Does that mean we need to follow? Yes, we do. We ought to be going, really. Let's get in the car, then. Okay. Here we go. We were told not to do too many donuts, and that this was a demonstration, not a race, (laughs) as we approach the start now. So do they let us off every minute, every two minutes? No, it's 
I would say about every 20 seconds or right. like that, they try and get the people up, but there's so many cars to be done. That's us. <laughs> it's great hearing people, look, look at that, it's the best car yet. Bit of a log jam as a McLaren Mercedes SLR comes the other way. It's a subtle colour. That's McLaren's orange, isn't it? That's the, uh, the Can-Am orange, yeah. isn't it? The default McLaren colour. There's uh, Lewis. Ah, there's a Mr. Lewis Hamilton to our right there. That'll be his McLaren, sir. Yeah. Uh, just turning us round and lining us up. We've got the uh, crossbow behind us from KTM, Koenigseggs, uh, Lamborghini. Is that Marcos? No? No, that's the Ginetta. The Ginetta, oh, of course. Yeah. GT3 Porsche. Z4 Drive 35i. I think I might enjoy this, Tony. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Watch the advantage off the line, see how its uh, traction does. <laughs> It'll put some rubber down for us, I would imagine. So, this is where you're going to tell me the way to go. Yeah? <laughs> Follow the car in front. Yeah. <laughs> Coming towards me is a lime green XKR with uh, Richard Porter in it that he's going to turn around you want to get yourself something a bit more powerful mate <laughs> <laughs> it's a subtle colour you want to get yourself something a bit more light green mate <laughs> <laughs> I do love the Morgan Aero oh what's that oh it's the Spanish thing that looks like a whale what's it called the, ca- the um, Tramontana that's it you don't see many of them Well, the waiting is finally over. Uh, there are two cars. There goes the first of the two of them. Uh, in front of me on the line, I'm going to close the window. Actually, I'm just going to hear the Vantage and the car in front of it go first. And then it's our turn to go up the hill. You might want to put a clock on this. If you've got a stopwatch. Okay, listen to the... Vantage go, V12 engine, and then it's us. There's a Tesla waiting to go, but you won't hear that go. Right, where next? Oh, that's just warming up the tyres before the start. That wasn't actually the start. There's a lady standing in front of us. View shall not pass, she says. Okay, it's clear. There goes the Aston. And here we go. I'll be quiet so you can hear this. We're off. Thrown back into the car. Big clunk as we slam into second. The first right-hander comes up. It's about 80 degrees right. Tony gets... Lined up nicely, we're on the outside of the corner. Camera flashes. Underneath the bridge, past the grandstand. Under the bridge now. 300 metres, 200 metres, 100 metres to a left-hander. Here we go. I've got to make sure my big fat elbow isn't poking in. 
Tony's way. It's cosy in here. Quite a lot more generous in at least. As we slam on the brakes, there's a great stone wall to the left. Hay bales all around. I can see an indicated 80 miles per hour at the moment. I don't think this is the fastest section on the course. To the finish. As we cross the line, doing about 92, I'd say. Well, I don't know how long that was, but from my point of view, it wasn't long enough. I could no. have, we were just getting warmed up. Tony, well done. How was that? All right. Yeah, I need to do it again now. Slow through one of the sections because it carried a probably another 30, 40 mile an hour. But the rest of it's okay. See, the brakes on this car are pretty awesome. They so. are phenomenal yeah. and smooth. Yeah. There's no thumping and banging. No. You know, that was a gentle compliant classic lotus ride what fun and at the end look at that we've got atoms we've got cosworths and just thousands and thousands and thousands of people <laughs> what a treat as we're waved round in front of a fleet of one two three four five mclaren slrs good lord that was fun wouldn't mind doing that again soon Thank you, Tony. Thank you're you very welcome. much indeed. That I was enjoyed it. Utterly, utterly. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say there's nothing nicer than blasting up the hill at Goodwood, watching Bugatti Veyrons follow you up. That's unbelievable. Um, but there is actually something better than that. That's meeting one of your best mates, Richard Porter, at the top of the hill. Richard, you came up on an XKR. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm childishly excited about this whole thing. It's brilliant. But uh, yeah, I came up in... Um, uh, Jaguar have made a one-off XKR, uh, which I think they're calling the XKR Goodwood, and it's uh, lime green. Uh, it's these, very lime green. Very lime green with these black 21-inch wheels on it, and they've uh, fiddled with the suspension. They've taken off the torque limiter on the engine that's usually there to protect the gearbox for customer cars, so it, it's got a bit more grunt. But the main ingredient that's made this so <laughs> ridiculously good fun uh, coming up the hill here was uh, it was being driven by Mike Cross, who's this sort of Jaguar's, um, I don't know what his official job title is, but he's basically the, you know, the gaffer, the man who sets up all their cars and signs them off, and he's their chief test driver and whatever. He's also a man who knows how to drive sideways very, very much. <laughs> Even on a narrow drive. You've got the right car to go sideways there. Oh, man, it was you? amazing. Because obviously he's done it before as well, a lot, and he knows the car really well, so he's just utterly relaxed. At one point, he just put one front wheel on the grass just to give himself enough room to get the tail right out on this sort of single-track bit of driveway. It was amazing. I, I was laughing like a loon. I just understood the term commitment. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, these people are just shake their hands. They are. I wouldn't dare do any of that. What you don't realise, even sort of seeing it on TV and even watching it from the stand, is how narrow when you're in a car actually going up that bit where the wall comes out I mean I've seen I that on telly but it's even narrower in real life as we came to that bit where the wall just suddenly leaps out at you I suddenly thought I wish I was in a lease I wish I was in a lease <laughs> my Evora is too fat it's too wide we got through and I suppose if the, what the what's the widest car here the Veyron oh, I don't know Veyron's are pretty wide there's a 7 Series Alpina 7 Series has come up yeah. my mate Henry from Evo's in that VXR8 Bathurst they're pretty big cars so yeah there's some hefty stuff here and the Panama Panamera, Porsche Panamera. It's huge, isn't which is, it? Which is huge and also quite horrid. Oh, uh, Dino, look at that Dino. Oh, I've had a happy accident. So, ah, Chris yeah. Evans, to, just to, to, to fill people in, Chris Evans is here with seven of his Ferraris that are all white. Oh, he's it's brought unusual. the black one up, he says. He's brought the black one up. He's got things like a 288 GTO, which is probably my favourite sort of Ferrari of the modern age. And 
and that's white as well. It looks all right, actually. It's not. Yeah. Oh, look at that F40, um, oh, absolutely dear. Oh, dear. cooking oh, smoke out good. the back. That's not good at all. I like to think that I've contributed to Chris Evans' success because he bought Scottish Television or the Scottish Media Group at one yeah. point. And, you know, that, that would have been nothing without my programme, How To. So, well, you know, no, it wouldn't, exactly. I've earned yeah, money for him. He owes you money. I paid no, for some of these cars. I'm going to go and tell him. give you the 288 GTO as compensation. I think that seems fair. I'm going to go and have a word. You do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, okay, what, what's your favourite? Uh, all these here, oh, come God, on, it's... That's a horrible smell of clutch smoke. Oh, that's not mm. nice. Oh, dear. That's oh, that's sick. That car's sickly. Oh, dear. Oh. Uh, what's have you got a favourite? Well, You're going to say the Veyron, aren't I you? have a special attachment to this Jaguar that we're standing near just because uh, it's just brought me up there <laughs> in a rather dramatic way. Uh, and I quite like the fact it's lime green because no one was expecting that, so it's just quite, it's quite funny uh, to do that. But no, I like the look of the Ferrari California, the new one here. It looks a lot better in real life than it does in the photos, so I'm sort of... Uh, I, I like that. Go on, wait, what's your choice? Um, I've got to answer the phone oh, first. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. It, it's Zog, hang on. Zog, let me call you back in two minutes. What's my favourite car here... Do you know what? I know you're going to thump me, but that Tra Montana, that crazy... Oh, no, no, no. Is it Spanish or yeah, Portuguese? Spanish, Spanish, yeah. I like it because it's so ridiculously ugly, and you know I like ugly yeah, cars. Yeah, I know you do, but oh, I couldn't possibly sanction anything like that. I have to say also that there's a Veyron. I can't remember which special edition Veyron it is, but it's like the one with the chrome, uh, oh, it the chrome is nice, exterior. Yeah. If you're going to have a Veyron, you might as well go really silly and have a... Yeah, there's no uh, point hiding the fact that you've got one of the flashiest cars in the world. Read the gentleman lunatic. As I turned up... I should just qualify that one. I mean, he's a really lovely bloke. We work with him on Top Gear, and he's such a gent, but when you get him in a car, he is as fast and as, as larry as anyone. He's a legend. It's weird, isn't it? It's car spotting and celeb spotting at the same time. But, it's dog ringing me now. It's dog, hello, mate. I'm with Gary. Um, we're just recording something. Um, uh, I'll give you a shout back. All right. Hang on, I'll put you on speakerphone. Maybe we'll pick you up. Hang on. So now, we've got, now we're three. Yeah. Zog, hello, mate. Zog, did you see us going up the hill? Uh, yes, uh, I wasn't quite as good a camera spot as I was um, half an hour before, but, uh, but, but no, I've got you. Uh, you, know, you know the lime green Jagzog? I was in that. Oh, me. But you didn't know that because I didn't know that until about two hours ago. <laughs> Zog, I think you should know that I'm standing about 20 foot away from Sterling Moss. From Sterling Moss, you might have heard of him. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, that's a um, I'm going to go over and give him a big kiss on his head from you. Will that do? <laughs> that, that, that'll be fine. Um, where, where are you guys? Um, we're at the top of the hill where they've sort of put all the supercars that were in the race up the hill in a sort of a paddock. You won't believe what we've got here. Lotus Exige, Tri-Fuel, Mitsubishi Imiev, two Veyrons, uh, Ferrari, Daytona, California, uh, uh, too much. You name it, it's here, honestly. Have they got a good ice cream there? Oh, ice cream? They've got Jodie Marsh. Will that do? Jodie Kidd. Jodie Kidd, not Jodie Marsh. That's a big mistake. <laughs> I think we're going. I think we're going back. Are we going? We're going to yeah. jump back in the cars. All right, we'll see you down right, the bottom mate. of the hill. See you soon. Richard, All right, see you later. stop enjoying yourself, and um, <laughs> I'll see you down the bottom of the hill later. <laughs> see you down the Cheers, mate. See you later. Gareth Jones on speed at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I read in a magazine recently that Perhaps it might be a good idea to forget ever trying to have a British motor show and make Goodwood the official British motor show. I've heard worse ideas, because I'll tell you what, you can get close to the cars, unlike a motor show, you can see them running, yeah. so you can hear what they sound like, even what they smell like sometimes, and then 
you get to enjoy a bit of fresh air and in beautiful surroundings and you just think this is so much nicer than the Birmingham NEC why not the only thing is I'm sort of loath to promote Goodwood a little bit more this sounds terribly snobbish and annoying but the thing is it's like it's just about perfect at the moment the two occasions I've been it's never been sort of too crowded you can get around you can get to see stuff and that's my phone going <laughs> off sorry <laughs> that happens listen uh, you answer the phone and uh, I'll uh, introduce the next bit um, Hello, um, Garrett's here. Uh, can I give you a call back in a minute? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll call you back. All right, bye. That's not Richard Noble, is it? It was. He said, don't tell that anecdote you're about to tell about me. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Instead, I'll say, as, as Richard said, there's loads to do at Goodwood. Watch cars, see cars in pavilions. And there was also a display there from Richard Noble, who's attempting to go Mach 1.4 in his latest world land speed record car. He's not going to drive it, obviously. Andy Green. Andy Green's going to drive it, who I, I met at Goodwood, in fact, because when I went up the hill in that green XKR... He was the next car up. He was driving the Jaguar Bonneville speed car. Must have been a bit slow. For and him. I was introduced to him. Well, this is the thing. I was introduced to him, and I, and I was all giddy with the excitement of everything. I mean, not as giddy as when you heard just there after I'd been up the hill. But Andy Green he was leaning on the XFR Bonneville car, and I went. Now, when you go up the hill in this, uh, there will be a few things you're probably not used to. They're called corners. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, "Yeah, I've driven up here before." Oh. And I just thought, I thought "Oh dear, he doesn't like me now." Oh. He seemed very nice. He thinks I'm an idiot, but he seemed very nice. And extremely heroic as well, obviously. Oh, yeah. Top man. Fastest man on wheels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty brisk in the air as well, because he's a fighter pilot. That's right. Uh, and a mathematician as well. He's done all the calculations uh, involved. If you go, Andy Green has? Yeah. If you, oh, right. Yeah, he's principally a mathematician. If you wow. go to the Bloodhound SSC website, you can see some calculations he's done there in terms of the ecological impact of the Bloodhound project. Right. Hell of a vehicle, by the way. Hell of a vehicle. It's got the jet engine from a Eurofighter Typhoon in it. Yeah. And then a really great rocket strapped on top, like a, a booster, to get it up to Mach 1.4. How is it all going to work? Well, I asked the man who's behind the project, Richard Noble. Richard Noble, thrilled to see you at the Goodwood Festival well, of Speed. Very kind of you to say so. And yeah. clearly the fastest man here, or the man with the fastest project here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about right. Yes. How is it going? It's going very well. It's a huge, huge program. I mean, we're heading for uh, Mach 1.4, which is uh, um, about a thousand miles an hour. That's not something you can do straight out of the box, no, is it? No, isn't it? You've got to build up the speeds very, very gradually. The technology, we've only been to Mach 1.03, so there's a huge gap. So we've got to predict the performance very carefully and uh, then go out and do it. So we're getting very close to building the car now, so we should start building the car in the autumn. You're about to sign off the aerodynamic profile of the car, is that That's right? That's correct, yes. Well, we should get that done in the next six weeks. Has that been a difficult process? It has, it really has. It's taken about 18 months' work actually get there. It's, uh, we're doing something that's never been done before, so, uh, you know, it's not easy to find your solutions. As a Welshman, I have to say, I'm thrilled to see that Swansea University are involved, who are leaders in computational fluid dynamics, I yeah, believe. Absolutely you are, and of course, uh, what happened was you, did, you working with Ron Ayres, uh, did the aerodynamics on thrust SSC, and as a result of that, Swansea got some very substantial um, business from Airbus. How is the finance looking? Because it's a difficult time to launch any project, and one as ambitious as this... Are you 50% of the way there, 20% of the way there? No, nothing like, absolutely nothing like, no. Where we are at the moment is the project's growing very, very fast, and a number of good things happen in a recession. One is that a lot of companies basically find themselves with smaller order books, and so they have excess capacity. 
and so they're always interested in actually making parts for us and so on so that's very helpful the money situation is really very interesting it's growing very fast we've been here at goodwood we've had a number of people wanting to sponsor and what we're finding is that it's knocking out the more fluffy sort of projects but our project's a little unusual in that uh, our job is to create a new generation of engineers in britain so we're running it through all the schools and the schools are signing up at about 100 a week now so we're up to uh, 1200 schools on the program now and the interesting thing about the land speed record is that we can share all the technology on the car, all the data and the technology with the schools. And that's something that other motorsports simply can't do and defence industry can't do and space can't do. So it's absolutely unique. So you're the British equivalent of NASA, a one-man operation, really. And the kind of you know, the feedback to you know, young people and the kind of extreme level of this project is akin to the Apollo programme 40 years ago. Do you draw inspiration from, from that kind of thinking? I, mean, I, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a very, very important difference. And the difference is simply this, that with NASA, that is controlled and run by the government and funded by the government, and always was. With us, we're bottom-up. So in other words, we come from the grass. And so, for instance, with all those schools, that 1,200 schools, those are the teachers. Those aren't the headmasters signing up. Those are the teachers signing up. So it's a grassroots revolution. I think it makes it very strong. You do realise that you are one of the people responsible for turning the World Wide Web into a powerful communication tool. From my personal point of view, the first web event that was driven by its presence on the web was Thrust SSC. You turned the web round. Is the whole media part of this built into the programme? Presumably the media rights that you will sign for this will pay for a big part of the project. Uh, Hopefully. You wait and see. Now, uh, going back to Thrust SSC, I think it was really very interesting because uh, we decided to go with the web in a big way. We use it as a device to build community. We found out that uh, what people like uh, more than anything else is technology, so we gave them more and more technology. And eventually our website ran 59 million visitors in 1997. And that is 35 times the size of a current top Formula One team. So if we did 59 million visitors, and most visitors do about five pages, so that's 300 million pages, we think with Bloodhound we should get to 3 billion pages a year. That's the kind of scale of it. Well, I wish you the very best of luck. It's something that I've been passionate about since I'm small, land speed records, and to meet a, a living legend, a man who holds oh, uh, the team's... <laughs> seriously, seriously. Ah, that's I, rubbish. I, no. I, I barely remember Campbell's days, but I do just about, and Cobb just about. But to meet a legend, thank you very much thank indeed. Thank you very much indeed. And My good pleasure. luck. Thank you. I make no apologies for dribbling a little bit while I was talking to him and frothing at the mouth. <laughs> he genuinely is a hero for me. You know, mm. this, this man is going to be down in history for the man behind those projects. So yeah. I'm a big fan of the whole thrust project. Can I tell you, it was the anecdote uh, I was going to tell you before about Richard Noble. It's a bit weird, this, but... Hang on, hang on, hang on. If you're a lawyer, can you just subscribe to another podcast now and not listen to this one? Go on, what is it? No, it's nothing really bad. It's just a little-known fact about um, my colleague Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear, who is not adverse to sometimes getting the train to London. No! Yeah, he doesn't always drive down. If he's coming down for a meeting and he's maybe going for lunch and he wants to have a glass of wine, he does very occasionally get the train into Paddington Station. And I once met him there and we just went for a coffee because we had to talk about some stuff. And he said... A lot of the time when I'm walking through Paddington, this is a few years ago now, I see Richard Noble having a meeting 
in the coffee shop here. What? He said, no, it's, it's happened several times. I see Richard Noble having meetings. And we were trying to think, why would Richard Noble be having meetings on Paddington Station? The only reason I could come up with is so that while he's talking to these people, he can casually point at one of the intercity trains and go, see those? I've been faster than that. <laughs> In that case, why doesn't he have meetings at the TGV station and the bullet train? Well, maybe, actually, maybe well. you don't see him anymore because now he's at uh, St Pancras by the Eurostar because that goes quicker. So, if you're travelling by Eurostar, will you just look out for Richard Noble for You us? keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> You've been listening to Richard Porter. <laughs> Goodbye. And uh, me, Gareth Jones. We're back soon with another Gareth Jones on speed full of, well, Jaguar stuff and lots of other stuff. FIA stuff and F1 stuff. And oh, I'm getting a new car tomorrow. We'll talk about that. And, and, and. The little special lotus I've just spent the last 10 days in. It's a bit special, this one. I'll tell you about it the next show. See ya. Get more info on this show at garethjones.tv. Write to the show on speed at garethjones.tv or subscribe for free at the iTunes store. Gareth Jones on Speed is made by Whizbag. 